Welcome to the MUFG Global Markets Podcast. I'm John Cook, and I'm joined today by Takahiro Sakito, Chief Japan Strategist for MUFG. It's Monday, May 15th, 2023. Welcome back to the podcast, Sakito-san. Good to be back. Yeah, good to have you. Um, so let's open the episode by discussing some of the recent political developments in Japan, um, as well as implications uh, of those developments on monetary policy. Recently, the Prime Minister Fumio Kishida's support rate has improved as a result of uh, speculation that he will dissolve the lower house and hold elections increased. On the other hand, while the LDP won the four races and lost one in the lower house by elections in April, several of the margins of victory were slim. So the LDP is being called upon to revisit its election strategy. The 2023 regular diet session ends June 21st. Prime Minister Kishida may still dissolve the upper house and hold elections, depending on his support rate. After the G7 summit in Hiroshima and the status of election strategies, BOJ governor were the place host to finance minister and central bank governors of G7 economies in Niigata recently. Though he has begun commenting on yield curve control operations while keeping watch over risk contagion from credit concerns in the US and European banking systems, we think it is more dependent on political wins. Over the near term, we should be keeping an eye on the impact of Japanese banks and lifers as risks in the U.S. regional banking sector simmer. While Japanese banks have been hit with losses from the impact of rising yields, they are also benefiting from higher currency trading revenues. In the macro impact of the wins and losses is minor than we think the BOJ could make changes to its yield curve control operations from July onward after the political risk of raising the debt ceiling in the US and the tightness in the US dollar funding markets are over. If the government needs to introduce inflation countermeasures, we think this could be a tailwind for Governor Weber to embark on his next step in normalizing yield curve control operations. Okay, that's interesting. Sort of similar to what you've said, what you said in the podcast last week, as well as some of your recent publications. You know, it, you know, it seems that Away to Sun is is not going to change yield curve control anytime soon. But don't be, uh, you know, but but don't get um, complacent. You know, as that certainly as it certainly sounds like there's a possibility that the pieces could get put in pace in place relatively soon for him to do that. Um, so switching topics, as as you well know, the Japanese Ministry of Finance recently released the international transaction and securities data. Uh, for the benefit of our listeners, this data set is a great place to help you understand what Japanese investors are doing in foreign markets, as well as what international investors are doing in Japan. Um, so Sakito-san, why don't you describe security flows in April, uh, you know, which is which is the start of the the new fiscal year in Japan? What are the key takeaways? 
Okay. Japanese investors net sold the foreign securities in April by 1 trillion yen, according to the data released by the Ministry of Finance on May 11th. This included net unloading of medium to long term falling bonds by 1.1 trillion yen and short term falling bonds by 200 or 3 billion yen, aiming the net buying of falling stocks and investment fund holdings by 356 billion yen. Japanese banks took losses and gains on their medium to long term falling bonds, setting a sizable a net、uh, 1.8 trillion yen. In April, foreigners netballed 4.6 trillion yen of Japanese equities, particularly Japan stocks and investment fund holdings, 4.9 trillion yen, and medium to long term、uh, yen bonds, 1.6 trillion yen. They unloaded a net 1.9 trillion yen of short term yen bonds. Japanese began selling to take gains and losses on their falling bonds in April, but turned net buyer of medium to long term falling bonds. By 395 billion yen late in the month ahead of Golden Week. Foreigners net bought 2.5 trillion yen of Japan stocks and investment fund holdings and 1 trillion yen of medium to long term yen bonds in early April. In April, foreigners showed a preference for Japan stocks and JGBs, while Japanese Uh, <clears throat> while Japanese took gains and losses from foreign bonds at the start of the new fiscal year. Yeah, the,、uh, you know, foreigners have really been buying a lot of,、uh, a lot of securities in Japan for sure.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, mm-hmm. it looks like you're, you're highlighting that、um, the, 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 uh, the flows that we saw in April are really more fiscal, fiscal year. Uh, date related than anything else.、Um, mm-hmm. But let's, let's continue on this, on this topic,、um, you know, cross border security flows, but let's perhaps、uh, take it a little bit more big picture and, and implications for the markets that we care about. Inflows of funds from foreign investors stood out in April. The media actively com- covered the strong interest in Japan stocks amongst the foreign investors, touched off by Warren Buffett's visit to, the,、uh, to Japan. We feel that foreigners' continued interest、uh, in yen asset was important in keeping the yen basis from widening. Japanese investors have turned net buyers of foreign bonds in 2023 after being net selling sellers by 25 trillion yen in 2022, whether they buy the foreign bonds at, at a faster clip in the first half in the fiscal year 2023 will be watched closely. Japanese lifers' first half asset management strategies showed that they will clearly be taking more currency risk than credit risk. And this will likely help to keep yen basis from widening. On the other hand, fiscal year 23 balance of payment data showed that the Japanese investors' direct foreign investing has picked up to 23 trillion yen versus 21 trillion yen in fiscal year 22. The March BOJ Tankan survey revealed that the Japanese corporate sectors appear to still be interesting in overseas businesses, especially the short handed non manufacturing companies as domestic manufacturing recovers. Over the near term, we expect the yen basis to remain favorably tight for Japanese companies' global business portfolios. If foreigner Japan stock 
and JGB flows strengthen, then YEM basis will not widen significantly. On the other hand, Japanese investors are taking the currency risk and limiting the dollar yen hoard hedging. So widening stress on yen basis is unlikely to grow. Japanese investors return to JGBs over falling bonds. Then the Japanese corporate sector's dollar asset funding costs could be low. Based on securities investing flow data for March and April, we expect yen rates to decline and take an unstable bias. And yen basis to have a tightened bias. We'll be watching the risk factors of first, BOJ governor weather lifting or loosening the yield curve control range. And secondly, the debt ceiling issues in the US. And, and as third, Yen cross-currency asset flows in Tokyo market react differently than in the past financial crisis. Not wide yen basis and not strong yen. Yeah, very, very good points. I mean, I think the, the basis widened for like a hot second there, you know, kind of right around, um, you know, right around SVB. But ever since then has been, you know, has been pretty well bid and, and you know, yen has obviously done anything other than strengthen. Um, so it makes a lot of sense that you have a um, you have a narrowing bias uh, to to the basis. Um, mm -hmm. But why don't we wrap things up uh, with your review cross markets um, spot dollar yen yen rate and yen cross currency basis? Oh yeah, has rising. Japanese importers yen selling and the Japanese uh, investors falling asset buying flows seemingly has driving uh, dollar yen higher. The dollar is not weakening. Over the near term, we expect a slight neutral moves around the G7 summit in Hiroshima. Dan yen, 135 to 138 with euro The yen swap rate curve has flattened. Now, auction of 30-year JGBs on May 11th went smooth, and a fairly strong demand is expected in a uh, 20 years auction on May 17th. The BOJ does not meet this month, but the G7 summit will held in Hiroshima on May 19th to 21st. There appears to be a strong demand to pay the yen rates from the Japanese corporate sector at the start of the fiscal year, but we do not see any Japan's domestic event factors that could push the yen rates up. We see a downward and flattering bias for yen rates. The yen basis curve has widened slightly. The Ministry of Finance uh, data shows that Japanese investors onboarded a net 907 billion foreign securities in the week of April 30th to May 6th, including 635 billion million of long-term foreign bonds and 455 billion Japan foreign stocks and investment fund holdings. Meanwhile, Japanese investors bought a net uh, 183 billion yen of short-term foreign bonds. Japanese investors continue to reduce their bond position at the start of the new fiscal year. Also, in the same uh, week, foreigners bought a net 4.4 trillion yen of Japan stock securities, including 4.2 trillion yen of short-term yen bonds and 373 billion yen of Japan stocks and investment fund holdings while unloading a net 
216 billion yen, no, medium to long-term yen bonds. Overseas investors have been buying up short-term yen bonds and Japan stocks. Over the near term, we expect JGB trading by foreigners to dominate and now see a tightening bias for yen basis. Okay, so uh, neutral on dollar yen at these sort of higher levels, um, and you're expecting a bull flattening bias for uh, for JGBs and a tightening bias for yen rates. Um, right. You know, great great stuff as always, Sakita-san. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me, John. And thank you for listening to the MUFG Global Markets Podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And reach out to your MFG sales rep for any further information. Check back soon for more insights from the Global Markets Research Team.